Welcome to Growing Older with Gusto. This is your host, Gail Zergerman, and on this podcast, we deal with something everyone faces, growing older. For years, I've been listening to those who have gone before and even blogging about what to do and how to do it. Now it's my chance to share with you these really useful strategies to living life to the fullest. Whether we're 30, 60, or beyond, Growing Older with Gusto explores how to make the most of your life. In each episode, you'll hear from different people and learn how to prosper at any age and with different types of conditions and go about embracing the future. So grab your earbuds and subscribe into our content as we hope that you too will join us on our journey to finding joy and fulfillment and growing older with gusto. Hello, I'm Gail Zergerman, host of the podcast, Growing Older with Gusto. It is my privilege to have John Manhold on the show today. John is 102 years young and the oldest person that we've ever had on the show. John has not slowed down and is going to share with us his secret sauce in thriving up to and after the century mark. He recently wrote a book called The Eve of an Era, Diverse Thoughts for 100 Plus Years of Living, which he will talk about later on in the podcast. He will, his book compares how the customs and moral compass has transformed from the 1900s to today. And by the way, he's still reviewing books for Amazon and others. We have so much to talk to John about, so let's get started. Welcome to the show, John. Thank you very much. I appreciate Okay. And it's very nice to see you. Nice to see you, too. John, if you had to pick three things that our listeners should know about you, what would they be? Probably that I'm 102. <laughs> and people still do pay me to do book reviews, Amazon for one of them. Mm -hmm. And uh, that I uh, actually probably that's that's the main thing because that amazes people for some reason. But uh, the point is, it is my twelfth book and it is a memoir. Amazing, amazing. John, what has given you the greatest pleasure as you've moved through your life? Tra probably traveling and being with, actually living with for periods of time people of all the cultures. I find this very, very fascinating, very, very mind-stimulating, uh, very fun thing. What has given you the greatest strength in your lifetime? Probably, and I don't want this to be misinterpreted by anyone, but a very firm and sincere belief in an all-powerful, being. Now, you can call him God, Jehovah, whatever you wish. Okay. Uh, but a higher power of some sort. Yes. I've, I've, I firmly believe this. I've been through a couple of wars, and I've been in hurricanes. I've been in a lot of places. And uh, there was a term coined by some GI in uh, World War II about uh, there are no atheists in potholes. I saw, I read that in your book. That was interesting. Very yeah. interesting. Yeah. So I, I think that is something that people should think about because I have never, I've been in a lot of unusual positions and I've never met anyone who didn't have a little prayer sent up. Even a no one 
admitted atheist who I happen to know well. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's it. Simple. I, I did read your book, and I thank you again for sending that to me. It was great, and I, you're just so amazing. You're like this Renaissance man. How can you explain living to 102? Can you tell our listeners who are probably listening and walking and going, oh, my gosh, how did this happen? How did he do this? Well, actually, I don't know. <laughs> I have some suggestions, have a good genetic structure, have Make sure you have a good diet, a sensible one, a healthy What kind of diet did you follow? And was this for most of your life? Actually, yes. Uh, actually, depending upon what you're doing, if you are heavily involved, as I was at one time with weightlifting and playing football and actually boxing, actually professionally for a time, and uh, these sort of things, you need a lot of protein and uh, but do not neglect the vegetables because they also have a goodly amount of the things you need so all of these things and you combine them and you try to be have an empathetic relationship with people and uh, try to develop a good work ethic mm -hmm. and put these together and also take time out to actually be, even go overboard, find love, if possible. And uh, this, this is one of the things I've noticed with the younger generations, especially. They are not, have no tendency towards love per se. They almost abhor the use of the word. And uh, so with the thoughts of the word. So that is what happens most of the time. And I think you need that also to have an enjoyable life. What, speaking of younger people, what do you wish that younger people knew about life? What kind of wisdom can you impart to younger people about life? History. Indulge in learning history and taking what you can from it. Mm -hmm. Now, for example, people in my generation, we were the ones in World War II. We were the greatest generation, mm -hmm. all, that, all, that, all that sort of stuff. But we were empathetic. One of the most important things is that, that we had an excellent work ethic. That doesn't exist anymore today. It's amazing, but people just do not know how to work. I can give you example after example. All you have to do is go into a store. They're supposed to provide you one of these monstrous things where it's on aisle A, B, C, D, all the way through X, Y, and Z, and with subdivisions from that, and ask somebody who's supposed to be showing you where something is, and they will come up with an answer. Oh, it's down there next, and probably go X. And X often turns out to be Y, Z or Z, or something else. Mm -hmm. So there is no, there's no understanding in the younger generations. And as we feel, just recently, uh, my wife had an experience. She, she went in with a, a, a little electronic thing. She, 
she was returning. And uh, the uh, man was standing there and uh, she said, oh, could you take this to the whoever you are responsible to and give it to her and show that I have returned this item? And he said, oh, well, you, you, you have your phone. Take your picture and take it over to her. I, I don't know. Customer service is not the same, right? Yeah. So anyway, no, no more comment about okay. that. So what have been the greatest changes in society in your life, the greatest societal changes when you look back? Complete way of life, actually. There have been so many changes. Radio, for example, did not exist for the normal person. In the early, early days, don't forget, I was born in 1919, which is a long time ago. And in those days, actually, my father was an electrical engineer, actually built our first, our first radio, wow. a crystal set. And uh, I remember we lived in Rochester, New York, and he was a big bonus night when he was able to get Schenectady, New York, on his radio. And this is, so anyway, you get there to TV, to internet, to RNA, DNA, DNA didn't even come up until 1950, somewhere, as I recall. And so, and uh, cloning, I think of cloning these days, all of these things have such, such a tremendous impact and have changed life so, so much is incredible. What do you wish you had known when you were younger? A lot of this stuff, but this, but this also is a mixed bag because they say it has taken, well, when, when, you, when you can use Alexia and say, well, would you please make sure I turned out the lights and locked the doors, etc.? It's fine. It's beautiful. Also, she is. She, he, it, the crystal, the set, whatever it is, is uh, this automatic intelligence is making a recording of all of this. That is, unfortunately, today is available to everybody at any time because with the way people are scamming and moving into, there, there, there's no privacy anymore when you really, really get down to the nitty gritty. So that do you, do you think that the new way of life and, and the new things available to us today are those more of an advantage or a disadvantage? Is what? Are they more of an advantage or a disadvantage in your estimation? I'm not sure I can answer that one. That's okay. not that's okay. It's, it's, it's advantageous in many, many ways. However, when you think of the loss of empathy, of understanding, of even listening to people. I mean, how often have you sat at a dinner table of eight or 10 people and two people are not talking except the other, their Twitters or their- Their phone's on the table, right? Everybody's got the phone on the table, right? So anyway, as I say, I can't say yes, there are tremendous advantages. However, they have to be modified. And I think that is what trouble with people 
they are not modifying as they should. I can go on. That's a very good point. But doesn't that apply to all areas of life, being moderate in a lot of ways? I'm sorry? Wouldn't that apply? I mean, my, my, you said it should be, things should be modified. I totally understand what you're saying, but I think it applies to life in general, don't you? Doing things in moderation? Yes, moderation is exactly the correct word. You should, by all means, use your head, think about what might be the consequences, and then make your move. Don't move. Everything has to be done very quickly today. I mean, speech, for example, the level of people retaining things today is at 8.1 seconds. This is their a point of the, about the same has been discovered for a goldfish. <laughs> so, unfortunately, that is true and a fact. So, John, what's the best advice you ever received from somebody in your life? From my father, believe it or not, and I fought him, but he was right. Be able to work for yourself. And um, therefore, as a profession, and uh, I, I have never, I've, I haven't worked for myself, but I always have worked for myself. I mean, it depends upon people with grants uh, and uh, people who believed in what I was doing, supporting much of the activity. I was, my, my work fundamentally was a wound healing. And uh, I, I was a pathologist, uh, pathologist, a dentist, a psychologist with, with my union card degrees in them. And uh, so it, it is as a matter of doing what you like to do and enjoying it. Because if you enjoy what you're doing, you'll also develop a wonderful work ethic. And if you're not, you, you won't develop one. And that is why people today, the youngsters, today, I believe, are not taking the time to learn that they have to conform to a certain length of time in order to develop into what they want so they can pretty much move into what they want to do and how they want to do it. And it's, a, it's very unfortunate. People, people don't, don't listen anymore. They listen, but they don't hear what people are saying. They listen constantly, but while they're listening, they're depending upon and deciding what they're going to say themselves as soon as the person gets through. They're not really listening to what they're saying. So hearing it. Okay, that's it. So what has been most inspirational to you in your life? Most? Most? What's been the greatest source of inspiration to you? That's, that's hard to say. Because actually, I moved so much from so many areas to others. I think probably the moving itself, and probably that plus being able to equate with other people. Now, my father uh, was an electrical engineer. However, he uh, had a fascination with religion, and. Uh, 
he was on the board of several Protestant churches. And, uh, but he was fascinated with all religions. And so once every whole couple of months or so, we would have the head of the, of the um, Catholic faith and the, the whoever the Monsignor uh, Bishop, whoever was available, come in, and the head of the Jewish community and the rabbi. And uh, usually Bernstein was maybe was his name. And uh, we would have, I, I was very fortunate because I was allowed to sit in, even quite young, through all these discussions that went on at, during dinner, after dinner, and to, sometimes in the way I was awarded. And it offered to me an understanding, or at least a vague understanding, plus the fact that I spent so much time in Muslim countries. So I learned quite a bit about the Quran. And put all these together, that's probably most inspirational thing in my life, being able to meet these people and actually live with people in other, other cities or their towns. Sounds yeah. wonderful. Sounds fabulous. And I agree with you. Traveling's wonderful. And also having those social connections is great, too. It's absolutely fascinating. The, uh, well, that's enough of that. Go ahead. Uh, anyway, any other ingredients that go into your secret sauce for living a joyful life that you can tell our listeners? Well, as I say, I think people should learn from history, as I said, to repeat myself, actually, and learn from the other religions, if you want to call them religions, the other, other ways of life. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're quite different, but you can accustom yourself to them if you are willing to be a little empathetic. And if you are willing to uh, not just listen, but hear what they're saying. It's, it's very, very helpful. And I think that that is the main mixer in the sauce. Okay. Any reflections on anything you might have done differently in your life? I bet. So far. I, I didn't, my, one of the unfortunate things of maturing are my hearing aids are not working quite that well. You'll have to repeat that. I'm sorry. That's okay. Any reflections on what you may have done differently in your life? Any reflections on what influenced me? No, anything you might have changed in your life or done differently? Yes. Yes, I can just very distinctly remember three or four times I have not been as understanding as I should have been. And for that, I still, after many years, I'm still very sorry about that because I, uh, I've always maintained the most enjoyable way of life is to develop a good work ethic and enjoy what you are doing and advance as far as fast as you can, just remembering never to hurt someone along the way. That's good. That's that's a wonderful yeah. reflection and thought. 
Uh, I want to switch gears a little bit and give you a little time to talk about your book. Okay. End of an era, diverse thoughts from a hundred plus years of living. Yeah. What prompted you to write this book? Pressure. <laughs> <laughs> I, people have been, all old guys have stories. And uh, so people believe a lot of them, but they don't always, because they, they don't see a, a board ship, uh, a board uh, going, going into battle, things of this nature. And uh, say, so, yeah, it, another one of the old guy's stories. And uh, so uh, people who do, didn't know me well enough have been after me to write the memoir. And uh, so I always refuse because I said it. It's, these things are written by people who want to build up their egos. Their egos aren't advanced enough and mine is well advanced, so we don't have to do that. But I, I was talking to a young intern, and uh, he said there was a lot more to accomplish in your day and a lot easier to meet important people in your day. And that's partially true, but only partially. I will admit, for example, I met Einstein and uh, Steinmetz and a couple of other people. I, I saw one of the first uh, non-public uh, demonstrations of TV, and uh, it was a very, very interesting. They beamed uh, from Murray Hall, which was about roughly about 80 to 100 feet away from Stone Memorial Hospital or Stone Memorial. Mm -hmm. Auditorium. You have your sculptures at Sloan Memorial, don't you? Yeah, pardon? You have your sculptures at Sloan Memorial, don't you? They have a sculpture? Uh, no, I actually have I guess, sculptures in uh, in a lot of places. A lot of uh, I've got them in uh, several museums, and I've, I've got the, the Picard, the ocean. Now, you've not wasted a minute in your life. I read the book, and I can tell. I. You are like a hurricane yourself. <laughs> you are a force to be reckoned with. Well, actually, is, I had so many opportunities, which were nice, and I think that's something people have to get accustomed to. If an opportunity offers, grab it. Don't, yeah. don't guess about it. Grab it. That's it. Well, I recommend it. It's it's very inspiring. It's it's a fun read, and you'll read about a wonderfully engaging human being who's still working and still doing things. So I have one last question for you. What is your definition of a life well lived? I'd say an enjoyable life, one based upon the things I've already said, that you should have empathy. You should, for example, who, who do you really trust these days? You have to have some loyalty in there. And uh, you want to meet people who not only listen, but hear what you say. And you put these together and you're, you're working your enjoyable life because you were able to move into something you wanted to do and you wanted to do it in your way and you were able to do it based upon these other facts that you tried to do everything you could without hurting somebody else. And you could accomplish a tremendous amount that way 
and nobody gets hurt and you're happy as can be. Period. Very nice. John, if somebody wants to contact you or purchase your book, how, how where do they need to go? Uh, actually, it's uh, it's on Amazon and, and all the other, uh, both in, in soft cover and in, uh, in the ebook uh, variety. Okay. So, and it's easy to write it. And the, uh, uh, the, uh, more, the book, book, book Brick and mortar all have it or can order it. So it's just a matter of where you want to look. Great. I'd like to thank you so much for your time and sharing all your information with us today. It's been great. And wish you many more happy days and years ahead and more books, if that's what you choose to do. I thank you very, very much. You are welcome. Very kind and most gracious. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Now, please listen to this latest episode on any podcast platform and our YouTube channel, Growing Older with Gusto. Thank you and happy listening. Thanks for listening to this episode of Growing Older with Gusto. I'm Scott Winteroth, co-producer And on behalf of Gail Zuckerman and myself, we would like to invite you to our website for additional resources on growing older with gusto, as well as past episodes of the show. Please consider sharing this podcast with a friend. Or if you know someone who is growing older with gusto, please have them contact us so we can interview them on the show. Our contact information is on our website. Thank you. This podcast is a front and social production. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.